Hi, and welcome to the House Hack Podcast. An exploration of modern work and how young professionals and businesses can work together in pursuit of the careers of tomorrow. Ryan and Charlie here. We're so glad you could join us. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the House Hack Podcast. Delighted to have you listening in today. We're excited to be joined by Katie Lee today. Katie is a visual artist, founder and CEO of Not Your Babe, who is on a mission to lead the next generation of founders. We're going to be talking about developing your confidence as a young person amongst a ton of other stuff. Katie, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. This is very exciting. Yeah, really exciting for us too. Really, really going to be a great episode. But I guess the first question after that intro, what does Not Your Babe do? Let's start with that. Yeah, so we're um, a business focused on empowering, inspiring, connecting female founders. So we do it through a series of um, online and in-person networking events, which are alternative networking events. So I basically started it because I started going to networking events as a creative and one, found them quite boring and two, was quite often the only woman in the room. Um, so basically the it started as just a way to connect other female creatives and boost people's confidence. So whereas normally when you hear the word networking event, you think of just a room of stiffs in suits with business cards shuffling around. Um, we always do like speed networking. We do games we did um I even had like a drag queen come along to one of our brunches like we've done like all really weird like different events that basically are aimed at breaking the ice getting you to actually get out of your comfort zone and actually speak and build connections with people rather than just trying to immediately get business out of that person because yeah the way to build business is that you actually form those friendships and relationships and then in the end you do support each other so there's a lot of different things we could, we do. Um, it's hard to put it into one thing, but the main thing, I guess, is the events. And then from that, we've built the community. So we now have a membership that means that you can connect with other female founders from across the country. Uh, we've got some in different countries as well. So, um, yeah, it's just a support network for, for women in business, basically, is what we're aiming to do. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and I think it's it's really powerful to see you really enacting that change that you want to see that actually networking kind of sucks most of the time. And yeah. it's not about building relationships. Like you say, it's about selling and it's about communicating what your product or service does. It's not about you. It's not about you as a person. It's not about where you're going, what you know is meaningful to you. And it, it really sounds as though that's the essence that you're capturing at your events. It's about people yeah, selling to people eventually, if there is that part of the community or part of providing that even as a skill to go out and network with others to create a business relationship. But then actually, a sense that you're putting just a relationship first, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, when you're talking about networking, like I honestly think that word has just become a bit taboo. Like the networking in itself just means building a network with other people. But it's come now to the stage where it means that you're going for the hard sell. And like I always try to think of my business relationships the same way you would any other relationship. Like if you go on a date with someone, you wouldn't walk into that date just trying to ram like everything that's great about you down the face. Like you want to get to know them. Like you wouldn't. And I don't know why we do it differently in business relationships. Like the best business relationships I have, I can honestly say most of my customers have ended up being my friends and like most of the membership like mm. I, we're at the stage where we're growing now but like right at the beginning I can honestly say I'd, I, I knew them all personally um and that's how it should be because they're the kind of customers and that's the kind of business that you want to build where your customers are your biggest advocate and they're going to be pushing it for you um and if you're building those relationships you know you might not you might not sell to them then and there which if you're going into a networking event thinking you're going to sell your product straight away, you're doing it wrong because no one likes a cold sell um, unless it's like a, a glass of wine, maybe. Then I'd be swayed. Maybe. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I love that. And uh, I guess I guess you started talking about it, but really how, when you when you were first starting out, kind of what, what was the thing that you latched onto with, with entrepreneurship and kind of doing your own thing? 
Yeah, so I um, studied fine art at uni and then I graduated and then was just completely lost with what to do and where to go. And obviously you guys, I'm sure this is huge for House Hack because the graduate, when you graduate, it's really difficult unless you're in a career or degree that is like medicine, you become a doctor, like law, you become a lawyer, like there's no path to fine art. You can do lots of different things. You have a broad set of skills, but there's nowhere really that you want to put yourself. So I basically started freelancing because I applied to work in big corporate companies like I was desperate to work for misguided as a like creative in their in their team um and or in fashion so I started applying to all these jobs and I got knocked back from them um then was applying for jobs that were that I was overqualified for um so I was just in the middle space where I wasn't really fitting in anywhere so I basically started freelancing to try and build up my the idea was to build up a portfolio and then reapply to these jobs that I'd been knocked back from. And as I started freelancing and building up that portfolio, I was like, why the hell am I doing this to build a portfolio for someone else when people are already paying me to do it now? This is awesome. So it was a complete accident, to be honest. I'm, I carried on down that journey and realised how much more I learned through doing that than I probably would. You know, it was bonuses to both. But I learned so much so quickly from trying to do it on my own. You had to learn how to market yourself. You had to learn how to speak to people, how to price yourself, how to connect with other businesses, how to present yourself in a way where you're coming across that you already know what you're doing when you absolutely don't. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that's where I kind of got bit by the entrepreneurship bug because I realized how awesome it is to actually build something on your own. And every single thing that I was putting into that was helping it grow. Um, so I started building up my own business part time from when I first graduated, as I say, completely an accident. And then it's just built and built and built until eventually I took the it took me about three years in the end to finally go full time with it because I was working in a management role at the same time. And I probably could have left mm. sooner, but I felt I was gaining stuff from that management role that it didn't make sense to leave, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. so yeah it's anyone who's doing it, it it's it was it was a complete complete accident of just trying to build a portfolio and then yeah it then so often it. is isn't it it so often is that kind of organic accidental thing where you fall into it or you start and then it just snowballs and snowballs and I guess what the thing that you're, you're differentiating between there is working in a business brackets for somebody else or working on your own business so you're working on versus working in and I guess having done both what are your kind of takeaways from that difference is it something that you really have a different mindset around or is it applying the same skills just in a different different way or maybe you benefit differently yeah I think I think there's very different benefits to both like at, as I said then I, I was still building my business part-time whilst working full-time store manager in Boots and I wouldn't change that career path because I learned so much working in a big company where I had to learn how to do payroll and like do the budgets do um rotors and all like the admin side and also in a big company you do get the bonuses of they've already got a lot of money behind them so they throw a lot of like training and stuff at you so but I be I basically reached the point where I was like I'm especially as a store manager I was putting so much energy into that job and not really in the end getting that much back from it and I just reached that natural point where I was like I feel like I've got everything I can get out of boots like I've learned everything I want to learn in that role um it's time for me to move on so I think everyone you know you find your own path with it and some people love entrepreneurship straight away and want to go all in um I was in a position where I felt I was still learning a lot about management from already having a team of 30 people in that store so I was like this is seems daft leaved when I can learn a lot about leadership from this role um but yeah when you when you run your own business I this is maybe an unpopular opinion but I think it sometimes can be good to have worked in a big company previously because you you kind of get an idea for how business works um and 
maybe that's unpopular like you do have to learn on your feet but I think I'm grateful that I had that as a backup like to my foundation of my skills um that I was able to learn that and you know a lot of what we talk about is confidence and maybe looking back it was more just that I wasn't as confident in myself and I probably did have the skill set but I enjoyed having that team to lead so I don't know if that actually answered the question I've probably gone off <laughs> no it does it does and I think what what's interesting from your your final comment there is is what we've I think called the the if then kind of conundrum of actually most people and that's why I think it's not actually that controversial what you said think that they need to get x in order to then have y and the y is the thing they do themselves it's their own business their own venture whatever but x always changes and actually so therefore y never exists in the first place whereas what you said quite naturally is that yep hit hit learning learning plateau different times different places and now i'm off that's it i'm doing my own my own thing and that then has said where you've moved from x to y because you've you've got the thing you've got enough of a foundation as you call it rather than thinking actually the foundation just never ends and you get to a point where actually you stay in that one place but like you mentioned it's not about saying that one particular path staying in a bigger organization isn't for everyone you know it is for a lot a lot of people and that's fine um but yeah the kind of learning curve is super interesting i know charlie's got a lot of thoughts on that from from previous uh, chats with him yeah, and no, I think the learning curve is really, really interesting if like, effectively you'll feel it as well when it gets there. So you almost come, and when you hit the point of diminishing returns to your time, i.e. you're not doing things the first time again, you're doing them for the third, fourth time, then it's hitting that repetition that if you keep doing, yes, you'll get a lot better at it, but also you won't learn as much as the first time you did it. So always trying to experience new things. I think it's probably quite a big part of that, that journey as well. And I think having switched yourself katie from being a leader internally to being a leader like externally with your own thing like you must have made some pretty cool impact on people already throughout your journey and is there someone or some experience that you've had that stands out to you yeah so like i it's very it's very different being a leader in like a big company because you feel like you're not making i know i made an impact on my team but like I've gone now and like to be honest most of them have left so maybe that's why maybe they just love me <laughs> um but when I've started my own thing when I did the first that like very first networking event there was a lady called Demi who came along to it and um she's like my favorite success story because she's exactly what I'm trying to do with not your babes so she came along to the first one she was only 19 um and she just started up her own business and she was so shy like wasn't really speaking um just sort of sat down next to the table and was just like not really speaking to anyone so I just came up and like dragged her off and I was like right we're gonna get you talking to people like you're here for a reason you pay for your ticket you're gonna get as much out today as you can um and we play like speed networking so we got everyone playing the games we're there for like two hours in the end I think and then we had a motivational speaker and she left and she said like you know thank you like so much this has been amazing and she's now been to every single event like she's connected with all the community she's had her business featured in the Liverpool Echo like she's just like a different person like she's so over the top like her TikTok goes like viral like she's just the, the most ridiculously extroverted person ever and I look at that girl who came to that first event and I'm like they the two the two totally different people and that's exactly what I'm trying to prove is that the business model and everything that she had at the beginning the actual business she was doing it's called fairy tales and fun parties so she basically dresses up as um princesses and does like kids parties and stuff but right at the beginning the business model was exactly the same and nothing has changed apart from her confidence in it like the thing she's talking about she's selling exactly the same stuff like a lot of the same characters like just up leveled but the way she is in herself and the way she presents herself now is amazing and like she always says she's like well I've got you to thank for it and I'm like well you know all I did was drag you apart with your seat at a brunch but that's sometimes what people need you just need that one person who's going to believe in you and you you'd set then on your path you start building your confidence you start networking so 
yeah she's my little success story but um yeah (laughs) that's really awesome (laughs) i'm sure you've got many many more as well but i think just having that one that stands out in your head is always really powerful to think back on in those moments where you doubt yourself and start thinking like why am i doing this like i don't know why i'm here and then it's ah i'm doing it because this person because i know i can have that impact on someone as well which is always a huge part of the journey and something that i definitely do myself as well so definitely can relate and seeing it through the feedback is the number one thing and i think there's probably another thought here of like you can help them go from zero to one and then they'll credit you with going from one to ten because you didn't help them start they'll take you on that journey as well which is really really cool and with that i guess we're talking about confidence here but to kind of segue into it like with yourself katie do you still doubt yourself in decision making and if so when you come across those moments of doubt how do you mitigate against them 100 percent. i think everyone doubts themselves and anyone who says they don't is a liar um <laughs> you just get better i think at shutting that voice off more um so the thoughts that pop up are the same thoughts that popped up right at the beginning when I first started and um like you say like having those like pivotal moments whether it's a customer whether it's a brand that you've worked with whether it's like it can be anything your success story is going to be different for you but having those pivotal moments in your mind when you have those moments of doubt and just reflecting back on them and being like right this is what I'm doing it for so I regularly pretty much daily I journal so and in that question like I ask I write down three questions and it's always what am I doing this for where am I going and what do I need to focus on and I do that every single day um and the where am I going is a really big one because it just makes me reflect on am I still doing what I want to do like am I still going in the right direction um and is it actually aligned with me? And that's another really good question to ask yourself is, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for someone else? Because if you start to get to the point where you're doing it for someone else, you will feel physically that unalignment. And those questions of like doubting, um, it's always trying to question if it's you're doubting because you're doubting your own skills or you're doubting it because you're doubting it's the right direction. If you're doubting it because it's the right direction, that's obviously something you need to nip in the bud and pivot or like readjust if you're doubting your skill set like that's just a negative thought pattern that's not true um and there's that it's so cliche but like there's that thing that's like your thoughts create your reality but it is really true like if you think you're not capable of something then you're probably not going to be like you if you think you can do something it doesn't matter what anyone else says they might say it's rubbish but you've you've done it like you think you've done it so you've done it that's essentially what that saying is like if you think you can or you can't it's true um so I still definitely have those feelings of doubts but I make a point of just writing them down um whether it's in a journal whether it's in notes on your phone and then just try and push them to one side and the majority of them aren't true anyway and if any come up that are like um physical manifestations like not being able to like you're not going in the right direction or like I said before um then you can put actions in place to deal with those um but yeah it's just training yourself more to shut them down quicker um so that you don't latch on them and acknowledging that they are just thoughts and that's all they are (laughs) yeah and I think that's really powerful is the the key part of separating yourself from your thoughts you are not your thoughts you are merely the observer of them i think that's really really key as well and i guess in comparison or in the opposite case what does it then mean to be confident in yourself like is confident an expression is confident a belief like what does that actually mean to you and what does it mean to others i think it's a belief because you can be very competent at something and not confident in it. So I've seen some people who are seriously talented, but they're not confident in themselves. So they're not going to go far. I don't want that to sound harsh, but if you're if you don't believe you're going to go far, you won't. And then there's people who I've seen who are <laughs> really awful at stuff. So for example, there's this guy who plays a tennis racket in Liverpool. Like he just stands and holds a tennis racket and sings right I'm going somewhere with this but he's so confident like he's singing and he's horrendously bad but he's owning that street like he thinks he's amazing so 
he's just going for it. Whereas there's actual really talented musicians who are just sat in their room, not recording and not sharing their music because they're too nervous that they're not going to be good enough. And I'm like, he's wailing like a bag of cats against the wall with his tennis racket. And he's got an audience of every single person walking down that main street in Liverpool. And you're sat at home with your amazing voice, not even able to press record on that button. So it's, it's just, I would say, a belief. And it's a belief that you have to consistently challenge when we're talking about those thoughts and those negative thought patterns that come up. Every thought that you have, you're like, well, why? Why? Just start asking yourself, why do I think that? Why, like, why is that going to happen? So if you have a negative thought about I'm not good enough, then why? And then as you start to get deeper into those layers, just keep asking yourself why. And often you'll find there's either, there's like a deeper cause that's causing that thought that you've either not dealt with um so yeah there's a lot of a lot of like inner work you have to do when you're trying to be a leader in your own business because anything you're making a decision of obviously it's a reflection of your business but because you're the leader you kind of can take it as a reflection on you as well and when you're not confident in yourself so there's a I don't know if you've heard of Carrie Rose but she's a like massive um entrepreneur she owns rise at seven and she put a post up last week saying that she wasn't feeling confident in herself and I was the fact that she did that was amazing because it doesn't matter how big you are um you consistently need to be challenging yourself on that level of confidence because when you're not confident your output is not as good um and it's it will fluctuate and that's fine but just constantly challenging yourself and checking in with yourself and like how am I actually feeling today um what is the best action for today because you'll have some days where you're like I could take on the world I'm going to smash all these presentations like everyone's going to sign up to be part of my business then you'll have other days where you're not 100% feeling that so knowing how to prioritize your time and if you're having a day where you're not feeling 100% confident taking actions to minimize that so if you know right I'm not feeling that confident today I've got a massive presentation this afternoon try and cancel it and I don't mind that probably sounds counterintuitive but if you go into a space where you're not feeling 100% and then you get knocked back from that meeting you're gonna you're gonna continue down that path so I probably like contradicted myself there but it's really important to acknowledge if you're not feeling 100% try and not to take as big a leap because if you take a leap and you fall and you're already not feeling confident you're going to fall further whereas if you take baby steps and build your confidence back up again you're going to go into that meeting feeling so much more empowered um so yeah the, it's there is no like big secret you just need to be very in tune with your own thoughts and your own emotions and have things in place that mean that you can deal with that when you're not feeling as confident it's not a straight line it's not like a big upwards thing of I've hit this goal I'm super confident in myself no matter who you are where you are what position and what title you've got you will still have days where you're going to doubt yourself and that's okay <laughs> so yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> no it's a great perspective and it's kind of the opposite of where I would go with with that meeting one right so I would push myself to go okay right I'm going to take a breath I'm going to prepare whatever I can I'm going to go into that meeting and what will be will be and I know I'm going to be nervous I know I'm not going to be at my most confident best before that doesn't mean I can't get there you know during before I yeah. start whatever uh, and actually again it's that self-awareness isn't it because for me, I would probably do that meeting. I'd probably do well because I've done the preparation because I'm, I'm that kind of person. I won't try and win, wing things the mo most of the time at least. And I'll get there and I'll have actually then boosted my confidence after the fact, even after that initial nervousness. Um, but yeah, that point of self-awareness kind of really drives that home. And your, your, your final comment remember, uh, reminded me of, of, of a concept that I think I first read in uh, a book by Darren Brown called Happy, but I think it's a concept that covers a lot of different baselines. The, the concept is saying that when we are approaching our own confidence and our own happiness, our goal is not to make the peaks higher, 
because the troughs will always become lower. We want to create a higher baseline that we work from. And that's really, really interesting. And I think that's the, the point where we get lost a bit in terms of confidence, especially as young people going out there into the world, trying to build our careers, build our businesses, trying to create things for ourselves for the first time. We want to create moments that are those highest highs of all time. When actually I think the most beneficial perspective on an internal level, like you say, looking inward is creating a higher baseline for ourselves day by day and compounding that upwards. So then, yeah, when the highs come, they're still high, but when the lows come, they're still low too. And having that higher immediate baseline of zero is going to be, is going to be where we'll find that genuine confidence rather than that false confidence. And so I wonder how that concept plays when we think about the fake it till you make it kind of thing. You know, so you mentioned there that confidence and competence can lead to, you know, link together quite well. But is, yeah, is confidence that's something that we really kind of get good at, I guess, or, or is that fake it till you make it just real and actually, like, can we use that to get to that place that we want to be? I think it's probably an element of both. Like when I've said there about, like, I think it's really interesting that you've we've got quite different views on the... Um, you know, when you said like going into a meeting and like going in, you know, you'll be confident, you'll smash it. I kind of think it's both like the self-awareness is the most important thing. So if you know that um, that you're going to go into something and like you said about the peaks and troughs, if you've set mm. yourself a really big goal, sometimes if you're struggling with your confidence, that's the worst thing to do. If you set yourself a medium goal, achieve it, then you can go up the next level. So fake it till you make it, I think, does have an element of truth to it um, in that you should always be maybe one step ahead of yourself rather than five steps ahead of yourself. Like if you go five steps ahead of yourself and you fall, you're going to drop straight back down to like three steps behind. If you go one step ahead and you fall, you're still back at where you were and you've not dipped. Um, the it's. 100% like anything else building your confidence is a skill and like even getting to know yourself getting that self-awareness taking like personality quizzes taking time to meditate like all these things as much as they've become like a bit of a trending topic at the moment they're so so invaluable because the only person really that is going to be able to boost your confidence is you and if you're looking to external people for that you're building on a foundation of sand like that's never going to work you're never going to have that confidence from other people your confidence comes from yourself um and it's knowing that you're aligned with what you're doing um so fake it till you make it definitely does work to an extent um but just have that goal not set too ridiculously high you can have big dreams but when you're setting your goals don't expect yourself to have achieved that dream by next week you know like it's gonna it's gonna take a bit of time and just have that big vision in your head that you're gonna get it but take small incremental steps and give yourself actual time to get there so that you do it successfully and you don't have that big moment where you're you know if you look at young celebrities who've who've got massive very early in their careers and then their career just completely drops um it's a steady process and the most successful the most the best way to be confident is just to do it gradually and make sure you're building building that skill gradually like you would learning a piano like you would learning a book <laughs> yeah and yeah, no, i think that's a really interesting perspective and i definitely like lean into to ryan's point a little bit from before of like this is almost of building up slowly like as leaders, I often feel like we don't have a choice sometimes. Like there's not really the opportunity to to do that. Like if I cancelled the meetings I was nervous for, I probably wouldn't have any meetings at all. Um, so I feel like it's often the case of the ones where you are booked in and you are feeling nervous for going into and you're feeling underconfident, then they're the ones that perhaps have the biggest opportunity to be confident afterwards. Because the next time after being conditioned to it, you're actually going to find it pretty normal of like, oh, now, now these client calls are just the next thing. But when I first did them, they were terrifying. Yeah. But if you avoid the terrifying the first time, surely you don't get past the issue of confidence because you're not actually exposed to the fear yet. I think maybe when I've worded that, I've probably like put that across in the wrong way because I don't 
I do not advocate cancelling all meetings that you're nervous for. <laughs> what I mean by that is if you know, so if it's if you know you're starting, I think maybe my point's more coming from like the mental health perspective rather than necessarily just confidence. Mm. So if you know that you're in a position where you're not feeling 100% yourself and it's going to impact your mental health very negatively, try and take steps to either to postpone it rather than I wouldn't cancel them but just say like look can we do this at a later date because if you go into it when you're in a very vulnerable position already that's not going to be good because that's something that is so your confidence your mental health when you're running a business your how you're feeling is massively the output but that's what I mean like when I'm saying I don't mean cancel them but like try and just push yourself a little bit rather than just pushing yourself massively um so Mm. yeah maybe I guess yeah I do agree with what you're saying to a certain extent but I know myself if I've not been in a great position and I've set myself a massive target and then I've not hit that target and then the more you do that you then you take that massive knock in your confidence um but maybe just putting putting things in place for when that happens I think is the most important thing um so maybe if you're not feeling yourself you've got someone that you can um talk to about that or you've got a sort of backup plan if you're feeling like you're going to go into essentially you don't you don't want to go into a meeting and completely like mess it up (laughs) um, and then not confidence um so having those foundations in place that mean when that happens you you don't you don't take a huge dip it's it's, it's self-management isn't it i think that's the kind of key that we're coming across is is is, it's how we manage ourselves in relation to our own mental health and how confidence links to that so for some people their confidence will actually be completely separate from their mental health whatever challenges they might face it might actually be that their confidence is pretty much standard regardless they might have the odd dip here and there but it won't be as big as as others might be and i'd bring back the thought that someone mentioned earlier of the kind of difference between internal and external confidence of how we get that validation so an example of a great meeting is that external confidence booster isn't it Whereas that internal things, that affirmation two seconds before you go in saying, right, deep breath, I've got this. Um, and, and so that kind of internal, external focus, I think, is where we can build confidence in and for ourselves without anyone else watching, you know, without anyone else in the room. You know, what do you do when there's no one else there to, to talk to, to, to support you? How do you support yourself in that, in that time? And I think that's where kind of reflects back to responsibility in a way or you know maybe we are all responsible for our own confidence levels you know at all times like um a lot of people talk about radical responsibility and taking responsibility for everything that happens in your life whether it's good or bad and that's a very overwhelming concept but it's also one that has the power to shift a lot of your different paradigms because that's a crazy thing to think about because then it puts you in the driving seat when actually often you're not. And certainly for me, that's where confidence can come into play because if, if you're not in the driver's seat, then you're reliant on other people for that confidence in whatever way. But I wonder, I wonder how you, how you feel about that kind of interaction between responsibility and and confidence. What you've said there, like, 100% 100% true like when you're saying you're responsible you're responsible for your life at the end of the day and like yes it's an overwhelming concept but it's also just like freaking true like it's everything that happens in your life you are responsible for because you're responsible for your reaction to that so yeah you whether it's good whether it's bad um is entirely up to your perception of it I guess and if you're in a space where I I probably brought in like the mental health because it's something that I think is so important for everyone um and yes you probably can be in a position where they're separate things but it is naturally going to feed into each other um 
but taking that responsibility whether it's for your mental health whether it's for your confidence whether it's for the meeting you're about to go into um just saying like I am responsible for my life to yourself it's so weird when you actually take that responsibility because we don't we'd kind of get caught up in like the day-to-day that you forget that like anything that's happening anything that's going to happen is your responsibility so if you wanted to go and um work for yourself if you wanted to go and move to a different country if you wanted to go and walk into another meeting you're entirely responsible for whether that happens but you're also responsible for the consequence of if that doesn't happen so I when I talk about like postponing meetings and stuff I only do that because I know okay if I go into that that's not going to be a good consequence for me I'm going to make sure that I put that in place um but that's because I'm at a level where I've built up my confidence to the point that I won't feel negatively if I miss that meeting or postpone that meeting when I first started I was postponing that meeting because I was nervous about it now it's like I'm postponing it because I know I'm not going to show up 100% and I want to show up yeah yeah and it's in my head it's not that I'm nervous about speaking to clients that's usually not the reason um I'm very confident now speaking to people but I wasn't like when I first started that's again it's a skill like I wouldn't even like even doing a podcast I when I first started the networking events used to have like a crippling fear of public speaking and you wouldn't know now because I've been on podcasts I like always introduce at the beginning of the events like I'll just you can't get me to shut up now (laughs) um that's again now like I've taken responsibility for that and like that is I knew I had a fear of public speaking I also knew that I wanted to be in a position where I was empowering other people so I've got to get past that like I can't empower people while I'm coming in like shaking like a leaf that's just not going to work um and that's something that I've built myself up and that I'm really proud of so like my proud achievements in in my business that have happened and like that have built my confidence they're not the big things that others would see like working with the brands or like the clients it's like the small things like I've managed to speak in front of 10 people one person's managed to leave like an awesome review I've managed to have that impact on them Mm. um I've managed to actually put on that event and even though like the first event sold out one of the events I did I think like five people came and it was meant to be like a 20 ticket event but I still ran it because I was like you know what I'm just going to do it five people is still five whole human beings that are going to feel awesome after it so it's yeah it's it's how you interpret it and people at that event even said like oh it's such a shame that like people didn't come and I was like what do you mean like there's there's five people here like there's five whole humans who've come to this event yeah it's that perspective isn't it yeah yeah so like you, you've chosen to take that reaction and to, to kind of move that in that direction. And you're right, like five people, even that by itself. If I had five people sat behind me now, that's, that's a lot of people in the room. Um, but I, I don't want to move on from that point of actually it's the small things that really, really matter, especially in entrepreneurship, because I think that's something that is not spoken about as founders or as people that engage with brands is that, a lot of entrepreneurs, once they become quote unquote successful, decide to have a very selective memory about how they got there. And yes, it's about creating a narrative for, for you know, the purpose of creating a two minute introduction over a 20 year career and all of those things. I get it. But it's also very selective of I was destined to be here. It was always going to happen, which in a way, yeah, you know, maybe it was. You're a confident person. You've established that. I get it. But also they leave a lot of the smaller things out. Whenever they reflect on their careers or their journeys, they leave out the, the very, very first thing that they did or they leave out the, the tiny thing that, you know, that time they did cancel a meeting because just because they were nervous and then they didn't do it again, they overcame like those tiny, tiny things. And I think people do it because they want to try and show that they're the only ones that could have done the thing that they did because that's how they have become that confident person that's saying that story. Does that make sense? Because I, th- I think that's how, or partly how entrepreneurs kind of differentiate themselves from another person who could have done the thing that they did, but actually no one else could and no one else did. And that's yeah. the kind of confident narrative that they then paint back for themselves as they think back on their own journeys. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yeah, I mean, 
there's a very big difference between like confidence and ego and quite often entrepreneurs go into just their ego which if you're it's that need to as you say like stand out from the crowd like only I could have done this I'm really important I matter like all these things which it's a human need to feel relevant and to feel like you're significant um but it's also so important to remember that you are one person on a tiny planet and like make your impact in your circle like don't worry about if you're not making an impact on all these like amazing like huge crowds like yeah you've got like seven million people following you like whatever like I've had an event where I've had five people who've gone away feeling awesome like that's the impact for me and it's like you say like having those moments of embracing the small wins because they're not even small wins they're they're completely perspective shift for you and a lot of the time um I think when you see these I look at a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people who do like talks and like go on podcast stuff and I don't I don't feel like they're confident because if you're having to boost yourself up on all these like things that only I could have done this and this is me and this is how I've got there that to me screams like insecurity not confidence that's you having to put your accolades to gain your confidence from them and it's back to what we said before about the external internal validation you're having to put all these things that make you special and make you stand out from the crowd and actually they don't re- they don't matter and it's quite a that's a quite a morbid realization to have is that you actually have that moment where you're like okay I, I don't actually matter like I'm just like one person on this huge planet like just do what is good for you and like do the impact where you can so like if you're not an amazing public speaker that's fine but maybe you're really good at writing so just start writing um and yeah that I don't think when you hear a lot of the big entrepreneurs and CEOs and stuff talking that it's actually confidence it's 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 kind of that fake it till you make it thing and it's that having the like the inflated just like the peacock like they've got their feathers showing like this is how I've won like this is how I'm great um and actually I think I have a lot more respect for the CEOs and entrepreneurs who do talk about the the shit side of it and like no they didn't know what they were doing no it wasn't like a destined path and that actually they're just human and I have so much more respect and so much more connection when I hear those people talk because it reminds you that actually we're not all that different and we do have a lot of the same struggles no matter where you are in your career so yeah I think big companies need to start speaking about it more so that the generation coming through don't feel isolated and have the sort of belief in themselves that okay they're just like me I can do that too um let's just give it a go so yeah (laughs) Yeah, I think I definitely, definitely agree with that. I think there's probably another thought that I bring into it as well, which is kind of something I've experienced personally, is that often the confidence can come from doing something else entirely, so that you might not be confident, say, at public speaking or, I'd say, selling something, but previously you've got confident at a certain skill and you can look back on that and be like, okay, you know, I got better at that time and I became good at it, so I know I can get good at this. And by applying the same thinking of, I can get better, I think is really empowering if you have confidence because it means that you're only at this point in the present, but in the future it can really change. And that's something that personally I bring into everything I do as well. Like the example for me is in the past going from starting as the worst at running in my running club and then becoming like top 10 UK and 23. It's like that's quite a journey that I tell myself about and be like, okay, I learned I could become good at it by doing it. So I then apply that same thought process to everything else as well. Like I know I can get good at this. It just requires time and thinking of people that are already good at it as not being like gods or like infallible. Like, no, they just have done it for a bit longer than yourself. I think that's really important as well. It's like distinguishing between where you want to be and where you are and that the steps to get there are really just about experience and about doing it multiple times. And then you'll get there in the end. That's what I think is really, really key. Mm. It's like, yeah, comparing your level five to another's level 50 is not yeah. is not the same, you know. Yeah, it's a really good perspective. Do you, do you think, think that's it? Go on. 
oh no I was just gonna say I totally agree with what you said because I think like the best skill you can ever learn is like learning how to learn I know that sounds really weird but like no matter what you're learning how to do whether it's confidence whether it's you're learning how to ride a bike whether it's learning how to run a business if you're comfortable with the process of learning you're fine because the process of learning does include those massive like massive fuck-ups and like massive moments where you're like what am I doing and it's not it's not going to be a straight line you are going to have moments where you completely mess it up but being okay with that and I think that's the most the best bit of advice I can give with confidence is that it's not that you're going to actually be like confidence isn't being competent like I said before it's just that you're you're confident in yourself and you know that you can get through it because you have got through it before like you've said Charlie with your running you got to that point where you've you've just done it every day and eventually you've smashed it but even when you smashed it you probably were like oh well that was an anticlimax because you've just been doing it every day so you've you've just got so used to doing it every day that you don't just have this sudden moment where you wake up and you're like wow I'm amazing I think that's the same with entrepreneurship and I think it's the same with confidence it's a process so you're not actually going to have that big elated feeling of like oh my god I've smashed it I'm amazing at it now yes you might do but also you're probably by that point already used to that new level of confidence so it doesn't feel as big of a overwhelming impact you just Mm. gradually build it up so (laughs) yeah I think you don't make it you live it yeah so that every day you consistently get more and more used to it so the point in which you feel like five years ago I've made it by when I when I get there actually it's just you living which becomes really interesting when you look on it in the past perspective as well and there's probably a really interesting differentiation here between say extroversion and confidence Yes. because how were those two things in your mind different or are they in a few ways the same because someone can be introverted but still confident in themselves mm-hmm. but another person can be extroverted and probably underconfident and maybe still expressed in the extroversion so I don't know how that differs between personality types as well yeah I think it like as I said like confidence is just like knowing that like just believing in yourself really like and I totally agree with what you said there is that some of the really extroverted people aren't necessarily confident like it sometimes can come from a place of insecurity that you're feeling the need to um what's called like exhibitionist where you're like larger than life like I'm the biggest in the room kind of thing and actually you're just very insecure in yourself and you're taking that from a place of feeling insecure um so yeah there's a massive difference between between confidence and extroversion because I know some people who are who are super quiet and maybe that comes across as shy but it's just that they are very in their own thoughts and I don't see them as shy because then when they do speak or they do talk about something they're very you can tell they're very confident it's very different like aura around a person if they're if they're confident versus like introversion and extroversion um and I think quite often you can tell if someone's just extroverted and and very insecure because they'll just I don't know I I feel like now I can sense it I can tell if someone's really confident in themselves because they just seem really genuine um and that's I think what it comes down to is if you're confident in yourself you don't feel the need to like big yourself up or have all these other things like you'll just be really authentic because you're very like confident in what you're saying and it goes back to like being self-aware is that's the that is the key to being confident in yourself is just getting to know yourself because you'll be surprised how little you actually know yourself until you sit and take that time whether it's through journaling whether it's through meditation whatever you actually want to do um that you probably don't know yourself very well at all um, I think that's probably why the last year has been like mad for everyone because we've had so much time to just be with ourselves and get to know what ticks our boxes and learning about your personality type and learning if you're someone who's extroverted and which situations are going to maybe help you grow and which situations are going to make you stagnate um, and that is the key to you should treat yourself how you treat a business really like it's either a yes or no to things like it's either going to help you grow or it's going to help you stagnate so like just start treating yourself like you would a business and just be a bit more like cutthroat with things um 
Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, try and try and be cutthroat in those decisions that you make for yourself. And I think part yeah. of that is is the conviction part of confidence, isn't it? It's saying actually, yes, I back myself to do X, Y, Z, or I back myself to believe X, Y, Z about myself. Um, and I wonder if what we're, we're coming towards as well is on an individual level, trying to create maybe an ideal version of what confidence is for us or, you know, sitting with the question, what does a 10 out of 10 confident me feel like and look like and then visualizing that sitting within actually answering that question in that moment not necessarily what what that is for five years down the line which is i think part of the typical questioning of you know confidence is that destination you're going to get to so do you think maybe that's what we should think about is is creating that ideal version of confidence for ourselves yeah i think so i think what you said there about the destination is really important as well is like um we quite often treat everything whether it's confidence or your business like as a destination to get to um and you need to make sure that yes have that goal but also just make sure you're checking in where you are right now because you are probably a lot more confident right now than you were like two years ago or five years ago and it's it all comes back to yeah self-awareness just knowing what your triggers are knowing what makes you happy knowing what makes you feel alive and like doing more stuff that makes you feel alive it doesn't necessarily mean um you know if we do it in a business context like doing those meetings and stuff can, can seem really scary but you know afterwards you'll feel better it's like going to the gym like sometimes you'll feel like oh my god I 100% don't want to do this but in your mind you're like okay if I do this I know I'll feel better after it so knowing whether something is going to make you it's very different um between like feeling nervous and taking those decisions or taking those decisions because they're just what's best for you um so yeah it's such a difficult thing to put into words I guess because it's so very internalized like every single person's process is going to be different and every single person's journey is going to be different and you have to just be acknowledge where you are now and like try and honestly like journaling is the best thing ever because you can just if you do it every single day you'll notice patterns in yourself and you'll notice um you'll see yourself improve whether it's through your confidence because you'll just be so much more aligned with whatever you're saying I think that is where confidence comes down to is that you want to get to a point where you are so authentically yourself and aligned with what you're saying that you don't think about what you're what you're saying yes to whether it's you're going to start a business whether it's you're going to do anything because you know yourself if someone says like if you go into starting a business you've already got a certain level of confidence you've obviously had that idea that feels aligned with you and you're like right I'm just going to do this um and yes it probably feels scary but that's very different to not feeling confident you will have had that level of confidence where you believe in yourself enough to go and start that business whether it like flops or anything that's you know you'll learn along the way um but that is where the confidence is and it's it's as simple as like someone asking do you want a tea or a coffee you know if you're a tea or a coffee person or you know if you want a tea or coffee in that moment you just say yes you don't think about it and that's I think essentially what confidence comes down to is where you're just so aligned with yourself that, that you don't have those moments where you're where you're doubting and where doubt starts to creep in where you're just like yeah cool let's go for it and that's essentially what you're trying to build is, and it's it's not easy to do um but that's kind of the goal I guess is where you just want to be able to know that you're trusting your own decisions um whether it's business whether it's relationships whether it's personal you just trust oh, yourself cool. enough yeah yeah and I think that's a really good way of putting it like trusting decisions that's the kind of good summary I think for mm. what confidence is and how we can live it as well so I guess with that in mind do you think in the next sort of five, 10 years that we're getting towards a future where particularly young people, but people more generally are becoming more or less confident. And do you think it's going to be expressed in different ways throughout that time period as well? 
think, unfortunately, social media has had an impact on people's level of confidence, maybe. But again, because we're looking externally, um, I would hope that the next generation coming through, like I have a younger sibling and he is so much more confident than I was at that age. And I look at him and I'm like, I don't understand how you're like 15 and you're literally just like such a badass. <laughs> and I was 15 and was like completely clueless um, and stumbling over my words and not really sure what I was doing. Um, but he's always been quite an introvert. So he spent most of his 15 years being with himself. And I think that's what I've realized now is that you have to actually just take that time to be with yourself. Whereas I was very extroverted in school which is why when you talked before about extroversion introversion I know from my own personal experience I was like really loud and like a bit bolshy in school um and then but then I wouldn't public speak so it was like a really weird <laughs> if I was in a group of people but then put me on a stage and I was completely like frozen up couldn't do it um so looking just comparing me and my family like I was really extroverted and it's taken me like 25 years to get to that point where I've actually spent that time with myself and got to know myself and I would say I'm a lot more confident. My brother was confident from an earlier age because he was very introverted and didn't like like really genuinely enjoyed being by himself um so got to know himself so was very confident in every decision he he made um so I I think that's the key to it and I, I'm not I'm not advocating us all sitting in on our own all the time because obviously we've seen that that's not good um but I definitely think you should factor in some time to just be silent and be with yourself and the reason I think maybe we're not seeing that as much is social media and it is because we've got all this consumption like we're having so many different businesses and the news and everything constantly thrown at us through media that we don't really get as much time to um sit with ourselves and sit in silence um and maybe not get as much time but it's not maybe as normalized to do that um because we're expected to constantly be on the go and constantly achieve and actually having those moments every day where whether it's half an hour or an hour where you switch your phone off you don't engage with anything else you just go out and go for a walk or you sit in silence they're so important so I'm hoping that that's what's going to happen with the next generation but I do think they've got a real challenge having to fight against that external noise from social media from like tv and everything like that so yeah it's a tricky one I feel sorry for them <laughs> it's a hard one <laughs> no yeah and I think it's really going to impact the way we work with one another too you know in the sense of how freely you mentioned we are aligned with ourselves in the sense of what that means how we show up at work how we show up in a collaborative project in a team what that means with how we can actually work and bring one another together through that confidence because confidence is often the catalyst for those things to actually move forward or, or progress um and and so I, I do agree there is that kind of crisis of confidence potentially on on the periphery of the next kind of five ten years but the flip side is actually that it is there and it, it is then the permission to have that increase in confidence allowed to then create something you know so so many young people have confidence in their abilities in the workplace because they've started a side hustle or they've started a small thing for themselves outside of school because they haven't needed school to teach them the thing because the internet exists. And it's the first kind of couple of generations now that are starting to see that come to fruition, whereby they have developed skills for work before getting to work. And it's going to be interesting to see how the workplace as a whole kind of reacts to that change of skill in a way, because often we, we kind of harp on about skills gaps, but then there's probably also a lot of, tacit skills that people already have and are confident in that they don't necessarily or they might not be allowed to to show off from from the start of being in in their career so yeah it's going to be super super interesting to see all this come come to play out over the next years to come but uh casey thank you so much for for jumping on really really excited to have had you on today uh we've chatted a lot of things confidence 
uh, business building, entrepreneurship, and a bit about your journey in that as well. Hope you've had a good time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's been really, really good to actually chat to you all about this. So um, hopefully it's made some people think and hopefully you've had definitely. some no definitely have and of course people can connect with you personally on linkedin but also on notyourbabecollective.co.uk that's where people can find you and yeah thank you very much for listening in we'll see you in the next one that's it for today from the house hack podcast the best place to find us is linkedin at house hack events the company page and personally on linkedin at ryan mcgee and real charlie rogers we really appreciate your listening support leave us a review if you enjoyed our episode and we'll see you the next one